of the morning to you, Cisa. You smoothie, me ice cold pizza. Cafe, ole, latte, da. You do the Zumba, but I do not. Give me like half a marathon. I'll give you the gospel of St. John. It's been like the wake up on. Cause we both know that it's mercy flows in the morning. ungodly 
stinking human flesh. And I thank you for it this morning. I thank you for it this morning. Loose us. Loose our family members. And especially loose our finances from the will of man. From the will of man, loose us this morning. Father God, I'm very happy this morning. Brothers and sisters, yesterday, God told me, he said, I want you to order 25 one-inch binders. I said, okay. He said, I want you to do it right now. Get on that internet. He said, Walmart got them. And if you order them from Walmart, that's going to be the cheapest place you can get these. I said, okay, God. So I went on the internet, and you, the Walmart where I live never almost has what you want like that, you know, office supply kind of stuff. But not only did they have them, but they said you can pick them up in two hours. I thought, man, God, what you doing? So then I said, okay, God, I ordered them. Now, this is the same way when I was dying. And I and I wrote, and he downloaded, spirits are subject unto you. And that's how I wrote it when I, when I, when I was, I just thought I, had about six weeks to live, they said. And uh, bothered me because I had to have these blood transfusions. And man, it should have because this was all happening at the VA hospital. And so they gave me the blood transfusions. They did the surgery stuff and sent me home. And then I got a letter the next week and said, we need you to come back in because we need to take a blood sample. I said, yo, for what? Now, the way I got to the hospital is that I was dying. Didn't know it. And Brother Joe took me to the VA. And when I got to the VA, they started hooking up all this stuff and everything. But I was coming off the mission field. I came off the mission field into the VA hospital. And so what happened was, the letter said, Erica Shepard, the blood that the VA people with, you got the last uh, pint, but the, and the, what, what, like the number was 703, well, 704 back have been contaminated with HIV AIDS. (laughs) Nobody can tell me how good God is. God let them put that blood, and and believe me, I was binding and rebuking, because I know about the blood. And I asked God to transfuse my blood. That's why I know he can transfuse your blood with the blood of Jesus. And the next, had I needed one more thing, it was HIV infected. You can't tell me how good God is. And this is why I was so concerned 
about some of you. For the life of me, I cannot understand why some of you aren't um, experiencing more of the blessings of God. Now, I've had this petition up to God for about uh, at least a couple years because I've been observing this thing for a couple years. And finally, after I ordered those 25 binders, and then this morning he tells me, now I need you to get 10 more. He said, I want you to get those .05 inch. I said, .05 inch, okay. I haven't done that yet because he just told me. And I said, why, God? He said, because behold, he said, I'm going to show you a mystery. I said, what? <laughs> I said, I've been preaching all these years, God. I've been saying um, everything you you have is exposed and open. And so now you're saying, I'm going to show you a mystery? He said, yeah. I said, well, um, can you give me a hint? He said, I've been giving you a hint for the past week. He said, but I've been giving you all of it for the past 30-some years. He said, but now I'm going to show you the order. He said, remember when I gave you the spirits I subject unto you, I gave them to you in a certain or in the order? I said, yeah. He said, and you put them together in that order? Yeah. And anybody who reads it and can comprehend me and look up the scriptures, they get what? I said, they get life. And they get understanding. And they and they are able to discern what's happening right now. He said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it even plainer for you. He said, I want to show you something. He said, look. I said, look which way. He said, just open your eyes and look. And when I opened my eyes, I saw like a big heap. And it was nothing but body parts and bones and blood in it. But the thing I kept seeing was I saw one leg sticking out of this heap. And it was a big, big, big heap of people parts. People parts. He said, Satan has not done all the work that he has done uh, against the men and women of God in one, in one move. I said, okay. He said, you see that heap right there? I looked at the heap. He said, now look at the trail. I'm going to show you the trail. And as I looked, coming from the heap was a trail. And he said, oh, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you the trail. I couldn't see all of the, but it was, it was body parts. It was kidneys and livers and, um, and it was all disjointed. It had all been ripped up. And then he said, Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I said, he said, the shadow of death. I said, okay. Then he said, remember when 
Ezekiel. I took Ezekiel to the graveyard. And all those bones were out there. And I told Ezekiel, I said, prophesy to the bone. But I asked Ezekiel a question. I said, Ezekiel, can these bones live? He said, I'm asking you a question, Erica. Can these fragments be made whole? I said, God, I'm not even uh, worthy or, or stupid enough to try to answer that. I said, you're God. I said, you can do anything you want to do. He said, I'm going to show you a mystery. <laughs> I want you to take, starting with the one I gave you last week, but you, but you haven't put out there yet because it wasn't time. He said, I want you to label these binders one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And he said it again. Behold, I show you a mystery. Can somebody find that scripture for me? I haven't even had time to look it up. Behold, I show you a mystery. I want to know what that because that's where I'm starting from today. He said, Erica, have you noticed your words have not fallen to the ground in a long time? I said, yeah. I said, as a matter of fact, I was talking to somebody about that. And I realized I'm going to have to speak less. Thank you, Jessica. First Corinthians fifteen fifty one. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. I hadn't even had time to look it up. But <clears throat> this morning, I'm going to get the .05 inch binder. And this message right here is the first one. He said, now, you got all those thousands of books, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you how to put them together. Behold, I show you a mystery. So that's where I'm at. That's where I'm going to be at. And then, you know God works with me with music. He said, I'm going to show you what I've given my psalmist for today, for now. And then he said it again, behold, I show you a mystery. So I see I need to write that down. First Corinthians 15, 51 through 53. And he says, because I want you to get this out swiftly, it won't all be at six in the morning. 
He said, I want you to get this in the atmosphere swiftly. And some of it, I will tell you how to give out. Some of it you'll give out on deadline. So, but make sure you follow through with what I've the other things I've given you to do, like the men's ministry. Behold, I show you a mystery. That's what the Holy Ghost said. And when I left where I was with him, with the Holy Spirit, this, this was the Holy Spirit. I looked at that trail and that big heap has been in front of my eyes all day. I got to get an artist to draw it for me. Because the picture looked like the very first picture I had a young artist draw for me when I did the battered saint syndrome. When I came up with that battered saint syndrome. So I know this one's going to be good. So this was the first song he gave me in this project, in this mission that is possible. Over and over and over 
Father. This is not my home, and everything's spiritual. Yes, it's all spiritual. Yes, God. Help me to see that I don't belong here. Yes. Cause I am spiritual. I'm spiritual.
problems override the promise. And don't let your feelings dictate your faith. I was too afraid to believe it. Or not good enough to receive it. Feels good. gives me 
the messages and then he gives me the um, addendums, what, what goes and what makes it work. That's why I wrote the spirits are subject unto you. And then I wrote those uh, six ancillary chapters because they are instrumental to the spirits are subject unto you. So I see he's going to do the same thing again. I love it. The title of this is Jesus the Lord, You and I, Purpose to Destroying Works of the Devil. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him. No, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying, and cutting himself with stone. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice, and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God, that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is thy name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, but we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home. 
to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in the Capitalist how great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was not unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray thee, come. And lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many positions, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garments. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself, that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he, Jesus, looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Remember what God said, Behold, I show you a mystery. Well, I'm on page, I'm on page uh, six of this, and this remember this is this is like old because it's about maybe going on two weeks or three weeks old. But this is what I wrote. I wrote demons operate at varying levels of influence. Mark chapter 5 gives us many examples of people who have demons. In Mark 5, in the country of the Gadarenes, this is not an example of the average person who has demons. On a 1 to 10 scale, this man was definitely a 10. He was totally out of control dwelling among tombs, breaking the shackles they used to bind him, 
crying out and gnashing himself with stones because he was possessed by a legion of demons. This man was probably described in such detail because he was of the worst case of demonization that Jesus and his disciples encountered at that time. The freeing of this demoniac demonstrated Jesus's absolute authority to displace darkness and destroy the works of the devil. It was recorded to show us what is possible when light confronts darkness. In this man who changed from uncontrollable and insane to completely normal, this story reveals how freedom becomes a testimony of Jesus to share the gospel of the kingdom. However, again, I repeat, it is not an example of the average person who has demons. There can be demonic influence without possession but that still induces recognizable activity. In Mark chapter 8, verse 31 through 33, I'm reading from the authorized King James Version 1611. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And Jesus spake that saying openly, and Peter took Jesus and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus <clears throat> had turned about and looked on his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Brothers and sisters, some of you, call me up, and I could almost tell you verbatim what you're about to say and say. Because you rehearsing that bondage over and over and over and over. Yesterday I had to, and then you try to talk over me with that stuff. You know why? Because Satan wants your negativity. Satan's attempt in the conversation is to overcome me with your devils. And I'm, I'm steadily telling you, go to God. I even told one person, talk to me in scripture if you want to talk to me. Because they had so many demons. And they kept talking, talking. Finally, I said, shut up. Shut up. Don't say another word to me. And the demon laughed. See, I recognize that demon. I recognize the fact that the objective of that demon was to transfer through my ear gate and get up in my mind. Jesus 
foretells what's going to happen to him. Religious leaders arrest him. They will kill him. But in three days, he will rise again. Jesus stated the matter plainly. But it was still difficult for the disciples to hear and receive. Peter took Jesus, I mean, Peter took Jesus aside now in an attempt, Satan manifesting and operating through Peter. He's going to rebuke Jesus for thinking that he's going to die and raise again for three days. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. Rebuking God is not a good thing. (laughs) Jesus turned to Peter, and this is what Jesus said to Peter. He said, not addressing Peter. He said, get behind me, Satan. He was talking to what was in Peter. The same way I knew there was a demon trying to overtalk me. It was another demon trying to transfer a a, a very, very negative spirit on me. I'm just listening. I'm listening to who's talking. And one demon was talking. It It was lonely. It was lonely, and it was going to call up and try to dump on me, and then it was going to be unlonely. And I was supposed to take on all that. It ain't going to happen. Jesus rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. For you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but man. The King James say, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things of God, but of man. But Jesus also said, you know not what manner of spirit you are, Peter. You see, brothers and sisters, Jesus was addressing the source of Peter's thoughts. Those weren't Peter's thoughts, but those thoughts had been put into Peter's mind. This is what is called temptation. Temptation, entertaining thoughts. That aren't yours. Entertaining thoughts. That are not mine. You see. When Satan disguises his suggestions. As your thoughts. And your ideas. It is with the plan. And it is with the intent. That you are more likely to accept them. And that brothers and sisters. Is his primary deception. You see, Peter took on those thoughts. Peter believed that those thoughts were his thoughts. So what happened? Peter took ownership of them. And then Peter acted on what he thought. And that is the way temptation works. Based on 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? 
Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. So based upon this word right here of God, I don't believe that demons can read your thoughts. The Bible says you cannot know another person's thoughts. That is a God power that only God gives according to his will. It is not a demonic ability, brothers and sisters. I also know from having confronted thousands upon thousands of demons, the demons are good at guessing. Put that in the chat room. Demons are good at guessing what you might be thinking. And so are lying prophets and false prophets and false words. As I said, demons are good at guessing what you might be thinking. But they are only guessing and suggesting. They guess and they suggest. They are guessers and suggesters because demons do not know the thoughts that they have put into your mind. I'm sorry. Demons do know. Sorry. They're guessers and suggesters. And because demons do know the thoughts that they have put into your mind, they also know and can discern any residue of darkness that still lingers on a person. Don't be deceived. Demons cannot read your mind, but they can guess and suggest all in an attempt to possess your mind, but they really don't want your mind. They want your whole soul. They want your heart, your will, your mind, your intellect, brothers and sisters, and they want your emotions. I want to show you a couple of examples here. I want to show you that there are levels and degrees. And that's why God showed me that vision of that heat, legs, heart, uh, liver, spleen, uh, kidneys, colon, in a big heat. Remember the young boy in Luke chapter 9, verse 38? The demon... He seized the boy, and he tormented the boy so bad that his father said, this is what his father said, it scarcely leaves him. This describes almost complete domination, except for those few moments of sanity. Unlike the Gadarene demoniac, The boy's torment was not 24-7, but it was close. In those rare moments, 
the boy had a semblance of normality. But most of the time, the boy was tormented. The disciples of Jesus, on their own, could not cast out those demons. But Jesus, working with his disciples, did. Another demonized person, almost a level 10 of torment. The rest of the demons mentioned in scripture seem to fall somewhere in the middle of this scale. The mute man in Luke chapter 11 verse 14 could not speak. So his demons only impacted one area, his speech. He probably lived an otherwise normal life. His situation was a far cry from the gathering demoniac and less than the epileptic boy. Then you have the mute and the blind man in Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. This is a similar scale. This man was only impacted in these two areas, and the rest of his life could have been normal. Now, the woman in Luke chapter 13 was crippled for 18 years. She couldn't straighten up. Jesus revealed her condition that it was caused by a demon. But there's no indication that she was affected on any other scale, on any other level except this one. These examples that I'm showing you reveal that there are different levels of demonic affliction. Therefore, a person may be able to carry out his or her life on a normal level, except he or she may struggle with secret sins, dominating fears, or compulsive, uncontrollable behavior. But that doesn't mean that the whole person is taken out. Just those specific areas require deliverance or inner healing or in the case of the, uh, the, the demoniac, an exorcism. God, through his own son Jesus, and by the power of his own Holy Spirit, has given to us the same mandate, the same mission that he gave his only begotten son. And then Jesus <laughs> transferred that same authority and power to us who believe. Luke chapter 10, verse 19 and 20. 
Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing, no thing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not, rejoice not, spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your name are written in the Lamb's book of life in heaven. Hallelujah! I see it, God. I see the continuation. I didn't see it at first, Father, when you gave it to me, but I see it, and I thank you for it. Jesus is God and the Holy Spirit purpose and desire for you and I. I don't care what level of the devil is exposed. God gave us marching orders. God has given us instructions. God has provided us with the truth. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 20. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned, be damned, be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. They do not follow the unbelievers. In my name, if they believe, they shall cast out devils. In my name, if they believe, they shall speak with new tongues. In my name, if they believe, they shall take up serpents. In my name, if they believe, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. In my name, if they believe, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they, the sick, shall recover. The Bible says, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven, far above powers, far above principalities, far above spiritual wickedness, far above, far above. He was received up into heaven and set on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them 
and the Lord working with us and confirming his word, confirming his son, confirming his power, confirming his authority, and the Lord working with us, confirming the word with signs following. With signs following, brothers and sisters, God is not going to strive with you any longer. You either believe it or you don't. You either receive it or you won't. But I want to tell you something today. That degree or that level, those body parts I saw in that big heat, they're the ones that have been afflicted by the devil. Your legs, your arms, your head, your neck. I didn't see any head. Take that back. But I'm telling you this, it's not a natural thing. You, your winning will be done through your spirit, man, and your belief. Brothers and sisters, that's number one. I got, I guess, 25, 24 more to go. Mm-hmm. 
didn't see what I posted in the speaker chat room. I posted heaven on earth belongs to you because Jesus is Lord. 